If you have a Bible, I'd encourage you to turn to Philippians uh, chapter 4, Philippians chapter 4, and we have been going through Philippians for the last uh, almost five, six weeks, and this, was, this will be our last sermon on Philippians 4, which we called For Joy, as we are going through a tough situation. We're going to look at the last two verses of Philippians 4, verses 21 through 23. But just before we look at those verses, I want to read um, a good chunk of Philippians chapter 4. I'll just read verses 1, 4 through 9, 11 through 13, and 19 through 23. Philippians chapter 4, as we think about finishing for joy in our fight for joy. Philippians 4 says, Therefore, my brothers, whom I love and long for, my joy and crown, stand firm thus in the Lord, my beloved. Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I will say rejoice. Let your reasonableness be known to everyone. The Lord is at hand. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Finally, brothers, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable, if there is any excellence, if there is anything worthy of praise, think about these things. What you have learned and received and heard and seen in me, practice these things and the God of peace will be with you. Not that I am speaking of being in need, for I have learned in whatever situation I am to be content. I know how to be brought low, and I know how to abound in any and every circumstance. I have learned the secret of facing plenty and hunger, abundance and need. I can do all things through him who strengthens me. And my God will supply every need of yours according to his riches and glory in Christ Jesus. To our God and Father be glory forever and ever. Amen. Greetings. Greet every saint in Christ Jesus. The brothers who are with me greet you. All the saints greet you, especially those of Caesar's household. The grace of the Lord Jesus Christ be with your spirit. Let's pray. Again, Lord, thank you for your word. Lord, thank you for the help of this passage. And God, I pray this morning you just encourage us with it, strengthen us with it, and build our joy. And Lord, I pray that the words of my mouth and the meditations of our hearts will be acceptable to you. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Through this uh, season, through this time, and even before that, our family was a big fan of the Columbo TV series, which if you have, it was, Columbo was an old classic uh, cop show, and Columbo was a detective, and he was always making, doing these investigations. And if you ever seen the show, he was a disheveled uh, police officer, detective. He always had this raincoat on, all crumply around, and he would go and do these investigations, and in every episode, as he'd have these conversations, looking for the truth, trying to figure out what's right, what's wrong, he would always come to a point, he'd talk to somebody, and he would leave, and you'd think he was done, and then he'd come back in, and he'd always, excuse me, excuse me, one, one last question, or one last thing. And then he would come with one last question, or one last thing, that was usually very direct, and helped expose the murder or whatever the situation was. But this was, this was how the show was done. One, one last question, or just one last thing. And as Paul is finishing up his letter to Philippians, in these last three verses, he gives his closing, or his final greeting, or his one last thing. He's been in prison when he wrote this, and he was writing to a group of people who were going through difficulties, who had difficult struggles, 
He was encouraging them to fight for joy. The whole book of Philippians is about rejoicing. And he comes to the end. Don't miss the last few verses of passages of Scripture. They're not just filler words. And Paul gives his final last thing, his, his one last question for these people, for Philippi, and for us. And if you could ask the Apostle Paul one last question about what God would direct you to do to fight for joy in the midst of a pandemic, in the midst of racial injustice, in the midst of burnt and busted cities, and in the midst of your own personal struggle that you're going through yourself. If you could say one last thing, or what's the, what's the last thing you want to know, or what's the last question you could ask? What, what, if you were to ask the Apostle Paul what God would say to us in those things, I think he would say what he said at the end of the, the book of Philippians. He would say, greet with grace, go with the gospel, and grow in grace. As he closes out this book, he says, greet every saint in Christ Jesus. The brothers who are with me greet you. For the last 10 weeks, almost 11 weeks now, churches across our country have been forced to pivot. We've had, we've had this change. We've been told, hey, don't gather together. And, and for many reasons, and for safety, and, 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 and all the pandemic issues. But everyone was forced to pivot, to not have our normal greeting. Paul was in this exact same situation. He hadn't seen these people for a long time. He was in prison. He was unable to greet them the way he would love to greet them. He loved this church. But he says to them at the end, he says, greet every saint in Christ Jesus. And, and he did it with this unbelievable love for these people. He, he cared for them. So much so that the other people that were with him, the other brothers who were with him, and they, they said, uh, the other brothers greet you also. In Philippians, Paul says over and over again, follow my example, watch me, imitate me. And so what Paul did to people who were struggling in difficulties, the last thing he said to them was, greet every saint, greet them. And he was saying this, that this letter would have been written and read to the church in house churches, and the leaders of those churches would have been responsible to greet every saint, not just not just broadly, but individually. He says, greet every saint. And the, the word greet literally has the word embrace in it. It means embrace. Greet them. Embrace them. Every saint in Christ Jesus. Greet with grace. Caring. Extend fervent love. And the way we can do that is by, by caring and by sharing our greetings. Sharing what God's been doing with us, that, that's greeting every saint. That's what we miss about gathering together as a church. Hearing the word of God together, being together, seeing what's going on in people's lives, and sharing that with each other. That, that, that's what we, we miss. And Paul says, hey, in the midst of the difficulties that you're going through, in the struggles that you're facing, the last thing I would say to you, one of the last things is greet everyone. The, the brothers greet you. And greet every saint. This past week, I was reading Psalm 105, and many of you got the email. This is what greeting is. It's caring and sharing what God's been doing in our lives. And I asked a number of you to, to just share what's God taught you in the last 10 weeks as you've gone through this um, pandemic. And I want to greet us with this. If you were in this church at Philippi, and Paul came back and they finished this letter, and he says, greet every saint, that the people that knew him and loved him, they would have leaned in. 
And they would have wanted to hear, what did Paul say? What was the greeting that he gave to us? What was the greeting that Timothy gave for us? And so I just want to read some of these that I received this week. And I encourage you just, just to lean in, just to hear the greetings from people of our church and receive the grace of hearing what God's been doing in people's lives. Jerry and Maria Clavio, Jerry wrote this, just a quick note that I found very true in my own experience from a Christian named J.I. Packer. He wrote, you will never need more than God can supply, and what God supplies both materially and spiritually will always be enough. I can speak from experience the truthfulness of this statement. Since I retired, my family needs, family's needs have been taken care of. That's what God does. He meets our needs. That's what Philippians 4 says. Our God will supply every need of yours. Joe and Adrian Palladino, they said, Hey, Paul, I know you asked if people would write a paragraph for Sunday. Well, I just want to say that last week I was kind of depressed. But then I started to praise God for his perfect timing. When Joe was diagnosed before Christmas with kidney cancer, we had no idea what we were up against. Then he was scheduled for surgery on February 11, 2020, which, thank God, was successful. My thankfulness is that God was involved in this from the very beginning because if, you would have had the, if he would have had the surgery much later, you nor I nor Gina would have been able to be there to pray with him before the surgery or to be there for the good news from the surgeon after the surgery. Plus, I was able to be there at the hospital every day until Joe came home. All this pandemic crisis happened right after we came home from the hospital a few weeks later. God is good all the time, and all the time, God is good. Andy and Harriet Parker, they said, The Parkers celebrated the first day of work from home with the birth of our seventh grandchild, Layla Ann Scott. We are anxiously looking forward to celebrating the last day of work from home with the birth of our eighth grandchild, due the end of June to Emily and Brennan. In between, we've both been blessed to be hard at work on our jobs, our house remodel, and our farm. We, we lift up our voices to praise God for his abundant blessings. We also ask for a special prayer for our son-in-law who will be in Italy serving in the Navy and will miss the birth of his son, and our, our daughter Emily will be missing him at the same time. Olivia Gray said, seeing God move during this pandemic has been amazing. He has shown me that no matter what our circumstances, he is good. He provides. He has shown me that we must be vigilant and also speak up and remind others of his goodness. Good and bad don't come together too often these days. It's like trying to make two polar opposites come together as in two magnets. I am sure that I have chosen to stand with the Lord. I know that right now many, many people need to hear words of encouragement to be positive and sometimes to pers preserve life itself. With the Lord, we can stand and watch the evil one dash from one end to the other in the confidence that he is able to bring us through all trials. I have learned to persevere in this troubling time. Stephanie Hughes wrote, As I am one of those who considered to be on the protected, protect the elderly list, or whatever they call it today, I have to admit that my thanks to our Lord runs deep. At my age, I've been very fortunate to have never experienced depression, anxiety, or panic attacks. However, lately I do feel a bit depressed. I guess more weepy than I've ever been. 
Though I am mobile, I do shelter in. It's not so much the sheltering in that bothers me, but the fact that someone is telling me I have to do it. I miss the connection to my family, my friends, my church during this feeling. I literally sit down and talk to God, literally. I talk to him. I complain to him, and yes, I sometimes argue with him. But he shows me just how very blessed I am for being in good health, for having people in my life that do call, drop in, check in on me and my needs. The food pantry has been a huge help in providing what I need when I needed it. By the end of the day, when I sit and reflect on it, I actually do notice the little blessings that I encountered during the day. At that point, I pray and say thanks. I only hope it's enough as nothing compares to his love. Thank you, Lord, for keeping me safe, healthy, and providing for me in more ways than I can count. And Hannah Slack sent this. She says, I I, I would like to say that I have taken on this last 10 days of uncharted waters with grace. How far from it? The phrase, stay at home, makes me cringe. How am I supposed to glorify God? When all my normal daily activities came to a screeching halt and my new normal was staying at home. I am grateful for our Father's mercy that is bigger than any limitations my anxiety tried to plant in my mind. At the very beginning of all this, I had a morning where I felt my anxiety was close to taking over my day. I decided I should call someone. I couldn't decide if I should call my dad or my brother John. After going back and forth for probably three minutes on who to call, anxiety is just lovely, I decided to call John. I called John, but my dad answered. Looking down at my phone to make sure I called John, they had told me that they were already talking to each other on the phone and had three-wayed me in. Right in that moment, being able to pray both with my dad and John, God showed me that he was in control of a worldwide pandemic and also something as small as a phone call. Also during this time, I quickly realized the importance for me to not be on social media. That can really get the anxiety going and decided to spend that time reading. I read a book that was centered on how to find the gospel in motherhood. A quote from that book says, There is no mundane moment too small that God's glory will not shine through. I have put that saying on a sign in my house as a daily reminder to me. I thought a lot of my ways to glorify God was out of the house, where I can be light to others. However, he has taught me that home that he has provided for my family and I is just as important. And no matter if it's a conversation at work or filling up another sippy cup for the hundredth time, if we will allow him, God's glory is going to shine through. He is a good, good God. And the foremans sent this in, and just like Paul would have had scribes, Katie was the scribe for their family, and she says, here's how God is working in our family and answering prayers in each of our lives. Ruth said, God creating sunny weather and the ability to play with friends again. Nathaniel said, he said that the best blessing for him right now is being able to play in a pool. We were able to find a waterproof bag for his cast, and he is thankful for that major blessing in his life. He is also praying his arm is healing so that he can get his cast off soon. Malachi said, he is seeing how God provides for us. He is glad God provides food for us to eat. And Asher said, he said that Jesus cares for us. Katie said, I've personally been praying for opportunities to reach our neighborhood 
And we have lots of continued opportunities to invest into the lives of our neighbors and show them the love of Christ. Earlier this month, my sister underwent some cancer screenings and all of them came back negative. This was a huge answer to prayer. From the start of this stay-at-home order, I was daily praying that when, when or if Samuel was to get the call that he had been exposed to COVID, he would be at home, not in a hotel, states away. I am thankful to say that prayer was answered and even more thankful he never came down with any symptoms while in his quarantine. I'm also seeing how God is continuing to strengthen my faith in him when the future is unclear. And Samuel said, he has been seeing how God is still in control and provides for us. He is thankful he still has an income, even while the air travel has drastically dropped and is glad to know it is secure through September. He is seeing his faith tested and is thankful even when it's hard to be for the challenge that he is encountering through the testing of his faith. These specific verses have been sticking out to him. James 1, 2 through 4. Consider it pure joy, my brothers, whenever you face trials of many kinds, because you know that the testing of your faith develops perseverance. Perseverance must have its work so that you may be mature and complete, not lacking in anything. We are called. Thanks for sending those in. Hopefully you heard the sharing and the greeting of that. When Paul says, greet every saint in Christ Jesus, the brothers who greet me, this, this is caring. This is embracing and sharing. It's extending fervent love. It's, it's greeting. That's what we're called to do. Greet with grace, with caring, with sharing. It's our calling. There's an old rhyme that said, to live above with saints we love, oh, that will be glory. But to live below with the saints we know, now that's a different story. And the reality is for us, Paul said, for people going through difficulties and hard times, he said, greet every saint, all of those in Christ Jesus. As we come back as a church after this, when we are able to gather together, everybody's got an opinion about how and what and what is true and what's not true. We're all making choices based off all kinds of facts that we're all reading. But what we have to do when we gather is to care, share, and it's our calling to greet every saint and to do it in a way that is loving to them, not judging to them. People will have different opinions about how they go through the next few months. But as a church, Paul's challenge was to greet every saint. Not just the ones you agree with. Every saint in Christ Jesus. Greet with grace. How have you been greeting people in this time? Who have you extended out some greeting to? How, how will you greet people? as the church starts to be able to gather back together. We are called to greet with grace. Greet, greet every saint. Don't wait for somebody to come greet you. Don't wait to be greeted. Be a greeter. Find people, the ways you can extend love, share, embrace, pray for those who are discouraged and depressed. Greet with grace, Paul said. Greet every saint in Christ Jesus. The brothers, greet them. And then not, not only does, are we called to greet with grace, the, the last things Paul would say is 
The last is verse 22. All the saints greet you, especially those of Caesar's household. So we're, we're called to greet each other with grace. And secondly, we are called to go with the gospel. Paul was in prison in Rome, and he says, all the saints greet you, especially those of Caesar's household. Not, not only have we all had to pivot as a churches and individuals, but we, we can't stay pivoted forever. We've got to get back to our purpose. And the purpose of the church is to share the gospel and go give the gospel to the world because God reigns. Christ has risen. Today is Pentecost Sunday, and it's the beginning of the church where Paul, Peter preached, and m- many were saved. We need to continue to go with the gospel. Paul says, especially those of the household of Caesar. Wherever Paul went, if it was someplace he wanted to go, or if it was someplace he did not choose to go, but God placed him at, wherever he went, he always went with the gospel. And so even while he's in prison, sharing the gospel with prison guards, the gospel is breaking through, and it broke through even to Caesar's household, the highest places of authority in the government in that day, the gospel breaks through. This is still true for our culture today. When you watch the news and see cities burning and people looting and, 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 and tragic murders all over the place, and you wonder, what does the world need? The world needs the gospel. The world needs Christians to go share the gospel. The explosive power of the gospel is still there for us today. It, Jesus said he has all authority on heaven and on earth. All authority has been given to him, and then he gave it to us through Christ, that we are supposed to be active with the gospel and advance the gospel of Jesus Christ. Jesus said in John 20, 21, Jesus said to them, Peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, even so I am sending you. Jesus is sending us. We've all had to kind of collect ourselves and pivot for a while and, and cluster in. That, that can't be the game plan for us in the future. Wherever God has placed you, clustered in, or as we start to gather out, we as Christians, we are called to share the gospel of Jesus Christ. It still, is authority. It still has authority. It is active. The word of God is active and powerful and quicker than any, sharper than any two-edged sword, and it will advance. The situations going on in our world today is not because of a lack of education, primarily. It's not because of a lack of finances, primarily. The problems going on in our country today is heart problems. And what the world needs is lives need their hearts changed. They need to be saved through the power of the gospel in Jesus Christ alone. And we are called as the church to advance that, to go with the gospel. As you start back up, going back to work, going back to your office, with all the frustration that that might come, what you're called to do is we're called to go with the gospel. It's to be a priority for us as the church. It's our purpose is to share the gospel. What's your commitment to evangelism? What's your commitment to sharing, sharing with Jesus, sharing people who need Jesus, Jesus? About how he loves them, how he cares for them, how he came for them, how he, he died and rose again for them. 
I had a friend who was a professor of mine at seminary, and he, he worked for 3M in Minneapolis. And he was part, taught part-time as well. And, and he would always talk about these guys. He, he was always looking for, he didn't enjoy his job, but it was his ministry. God placed him there. And so he's always looking for ways to talk to, about Jesus at work. And over and over again, different times, people would come in. And he, he, would all, he would have a friend who would come in over to his office almost every day and say, Hey, what's the word? What's the word? And, and one day this friend came in and said, Hey, what's the word? And my former professor said, Well, it's Jesus. And the guy came in, closed the door, sat down, and he said, You know what? I think you're right. And he started to share with them all that had been going on in his life. Had my friend not gone with the gospel and spoke Jesus' name, that conversation would never have taken place. That's what we're called to do. We are called to go with the gospel, with new courage as you head back out to work. Pray, ask God to open up doors of opportunity that we would be the church, that we would, we would purpose to share God, the gospel. We would learn how to share the gospel, share Jesus to a world that needs it. And you say, I, it doesn't seem like they want to respond to that. It doesn't seem powerful. It is powerful. John 3.16, if you're wondering if you have the, the ability and the courage and the capability of sharing the gospel, if you're afraid about that, Get out John 3, 16, 14 through 17, and read it, and read it, and read it. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. God loves you and so much that he gave up his only son for you so that you could have life. That's how much God loves you. Read John 3, 16. 14 through 17, until you understand how much God loves you and you just let it spill out to other people. When, when we realize and when we allow the reality of how much God loves us overwhelm us, it's going to come out. And then it's not going to be some program or some method. Get to know and ask God to help soak you in his love so it just becomes who you are. It becomes part of your conversation. That's what we're called to do. We're supposed to greet with grace and go with the gospel. And the last thing Paul said to them, Verse 23, the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ be with your spirit. Grow in grace. Paul's in prison. He doesn't know when he's going to get out. The church in Philippi is in persecution. They've got poverty issues. They've got all kinds of problems. And Paul's response to them, the last thing he says to them, is the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ be with your spirit. This is a future promise. It, grow in grace. And the way we grow in grace, the way that the Lord Jesus Christ is with our spirits is we become more what God wants us to be. Romans 12, 1 and 2 says, I appeal to you, therefore, brothers and sisters, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies as living sacrifices, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind, that by testing you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. The way we grow in grace is by being unplugged from the world. We let our minds be transformed by the power of God's Word. We let the active power of the Word of God transform us. That's going to help us grow in grace by negatively being unplugged from the world and then by positively being gripped by God's grace. The grace of the Lord Jesus Christ. 
be with your spirit. Jesus Christ's grace be with us. The one who came down to earth to take on human flesh, to be abused, to be treated poorly, to be killed because of nothing that he did, but all because of the sin of us. Then he died and he rose again and conquered death. That Lord Jesus Christ wants to be and is with us through the power of the Holy Spirit. We need to be gripped by that grace. Be gripped by how much Jesus loves you. Christ's grace is for us to rest in and abide in. And the more we think and the more we dwell on who Jesus is, what Jesus has done for us, what he's still doing for us, how much he loves us, it will start to unplug us more from the world and we will start to be more and more gripped by his grace. One of the, my favorite videos is to watch is when people who are colorblind and they, they've never seen color before, and they, they, their family or their school will buy them some glasses that help them see color. And they, for the first time, they put the, take the glasses out and they're not sure what's going on, and then they put them on. And all of a sudden, for the first time, their whole world opens up. The, things that they've never seen, and every single time, they get overwhelmed with their emotion. Because the world that they thought was real is no longer real. And the world that they never thought possible is now unbelievably possible. This is what the gospel does in people's lives. This is what the gospel does for us. What we, what we thought was real was not real. But what, what Jesus says and has done for us is real. And so we need to grow in this grace and get a full picture of who Jesus Christ is. Greet every saint in Christ Jesus. Go with the gospel and grow in grace so that as we come back, when we come back, and as we come back, we as a church can pursue God, love others, and serve the world.
Lord, I'm amazed. 